Welcome to the Way Home Podcast, a conversation about church, community, and culture. I'm your host, Dan Darling, here in Nashville, Tennessee. And today I'm glad to be joined by the authors of a great new book called Dedicated, Training Your Kids to Trust and Follow Jesus. Jason Hauser is the founder of Seeds Family Worship Ministry and a family pastor in Twin Falls, Idaho. Chad Harrington is a writer based in Nashville here. Before we begin our conversation with Jason and Chad, I want to tell you about an important resource at ERLC we call The Weekly. Uh, The Weekly is a uh, a once-a-week newsletter that's curated uh, by our staff. We have a big explainer in there on an important news story of that week. And then we also uh, have some explanatory information and links uh, on other important news items that uh, happen throughout the, the day, things that are driving the news cycle. Most of us are busy. We have church and work and our kids and a million things going on. And we have news coming at us from a variety of sources, Facebook or Twitter, the water cooler at work. And this is just a way for you to digest it in about 10, 15 minutes, help think about it with a Christian worldview. And then if you want more information, you can click on some of the articles we link there. If you want to sign up for the weekly, go to my website, danieldarling.com, and click on the podcast page, and we'll have a link there for you to sign up. But for now, let's join Jason Hauser and Chad Harrington, authors of the book, Dedicated. So good to have Chad Harrington and Jason Hauser on the podcast today. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. So I just want to first ask you, there's so many parenting books and resources out there in the Christian world, good stuff. So where did this idea for Dedicated come from? Well, it really began from um, a ministry that's called Seeds Family Worship that started at Harpeth Christian Church. Um, The lead teaching pastor, Bobby Harrington, had taught these principles. And for me, I'm Jason Hauser of our crew here. Um, These principles, biblical principles that Bobby taught, really impacted our family when our kids were young. And I started going out and leading multi-generational worship events and started teaching what we call parent coaching sessions. But we're talking to parents more, and I'm passing these principles down and and teaching parents, you know, biblically, like, here's what the Bible says about how we're supposed to pass our faith down to the next generation, to our kids, and talking about Deuteronomy 6. And so I went to Bobby Harrington, I said, Bobby, I'd love to write a book with you and just with these principles that have impacted us so much and your passion for families and share with the seed ministry families. And Bobby's like, well, I'd, I'd love to do that because I've already started a book. I'd love for you to join me in it. And so we started working on this project really five or six years ago and just um, taking these, these biblical principles but really applying them to, to kind of practically for families. And then, so we worked on it for literally a few years, and then Chad Harrington, who's Bobby's son, who's with us, got involved, and he was going to help us get across the finish line, and he uh, brought so much to the book, uh, being the son of, you know, and kind of going through this process and being a follower of Jesus and, and uh and so that was kind of how the three of us ended up writing this book. And it's three different generations. So you have the perspective of, um, you know, someone that's older, more mature parent with adult children. And you have me. I'm in the fray with three kids at home right now, kind of in the battle of what does it look like to be a dedicated parent. And then Chad is someone who's, you know, come to, to know Jesus through being discipled at home. Yeah. I'm curious, too. So, Chad, you, you grew up in a Christian home, right? Pastor's kid. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, there's kind of a unique set of challenges, I would say, for people who grow up in the faith, right? I One of my books that I wrote, Real, we talk about kind of owning your Christian faith, the kind of the unique challenges of that. Can you speak to, to that a little bit and how that maybe affect discipleship of then that next generation of, of kids? Yeah, I think it is unique um, to be a pastor's kid, number one, but then to um, have a good father who spends time with you, discipling you, is such a gift. When he's got a big church um, to be responsible for, yet he's faithful at home when he's not behind the pulpit. And so I've, I've come up with a great mother and father who, who kind of understood the, um, the, the whole picture about discipling um, God's people. And so, um, you know, the, the, what I wrote in the book um, towards the beginning is I just think, in actually the dedication, I said, you know, I dedicate this to my parents um, for loving me and my sister into the kingdom and for letting us choose God. Um, because I, I think that's a real art form, especially for pastors, kids to learn to own their faith, because everyone is on that journey, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a challenge both for parents and for the kids to kind of navigate that. So um, it's been a real pleasure to be able to, as an adult now, to look back and, and to, to even write about that experience with my father about being discipled in the mm-hmm. home. I think a lot of parents, you know, it's interesting, I think of my own journey. So I grew up in a Christian home, uh, was kind of a good kid, you know, I was really proud of that being kind of one of the good kids. Um, and so I I had this idea that, man, when I have my own kids, I'm just going to be great. I'm going to be an all-star dad. And then you actually have kids, and they're live right there in front of you. And, and there's this kind of overwhelming sense of, man, I don't know what I'm doing, and how can I do this? So Jason, maybe speak to that dynamic where parents just in many ways are overwhelmed. They're just trying to get through the day. They're trying to make sure their kids are behaving well. And and uh, so you're talking about discipleship. Maybe to some people that word seems just very kind of overwhelming. Right. Well, yeah, we're, we're thinking a lot more, you know, and I know myself it's, like, it's more like survivalship. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, life is so busy now. I think it's busier than ever. And, I mean, and I believe that our kids are growing up in a generation like no other with technology, and we have so many things coming at us. And that's one of the things we try to do all the way through this book is just to encourage parents. It's not to say, hey, you're not doing enough. You need to do more. It's like we don't want more on our plates. And, mm-hmm. you know, for most families, like mine, both um, the husband and the wife work, or we also address, you know, single-parent homes. Mm-hmm. Which also, that's very overwhelming in and of itself. Yeah. But we just, basically what we do is we encourage families and we say, you know, what discipleship really is, is just being intentional about passing your faith down to your mm-hmm. kids. And that happens when we use Deuteronomy 6 as, as a context, which if for those that may be unfamiliar with that scripture, but it, it just basically um, sets the template of what does it look like to really pass your faith down to your kids. And it's, it really happens as you go, when you lie down, when you get up. Um, it, it's a going through the day process, it's a day-by-day process, it's less than sitting down and preaching a sermon to your kids, you know. It really, the, the whole heart of, of our book dedicated is discipleship happens within relationship. You develop relationships, but then you kind of come up with these core spiritual times or family times, and it's really just sitting down and, and talking about the things of God and getting into the Word together, but in a very simple and tangible way. And it's also as you're driving in the car, as you're going to, you know, 
whether it's soccer or dance recital or swimming or whatever, these activities that we're involved in, but it's just having really God be the center and a part of everything that we're doing. I want to talk about family worship and family discipleship, because I think there's been a really good movement in the church to, rather than sort of have the paradigm of parents dropping their kids off to church and hoping the church will will raise them in the Lord or the church will disciple them, to really empowering and equipping families to to do the job that they were they were called to do, and that is to disciple their own children, which is a great movement, and, and you guys have been leaders in that family discipleship. There's some great resources out there, including your book, Helping Parents Do That. One of the concerns that some have had is that in our move to do that, that we don't forget the many kids who may not have Christian parents or who, I say latchkey kids, but kids that are single parents or kids that don't have Christian parents. I think of previous generations, you you know, if you always had something at church like WANA or Sunday school that that those kids could go to or be invited to, that might be the only church or the only opportunity to hear about Christ that they had. So maybe speak about that, the balance of of having families be intentional about raising their children and discipling them, but also having a church that's still open to those other kids. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were excited about um, a chapter in this, in the book um, called dedicated to the church. Cause we address that very thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think it's a great point. You know, number one, we were kind of making a distinction like parents are the ones responsible for discipling their kids, not just the church. Mm-hmm. But then the converse is too. Well, what about parents who, uh, are not Christians, or maybe it's a single mom or dad. Yeah. And so in that chapter, we talk about just the importance of everybody being a part of a church, because then you have a well-rounded discipleship context. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're a single mom raising kids and you feel overwhelmed. Um, you need to be able to have a church so that you can have men pouring into your kids. Mm-hmm in the absence of a father. Um, and you get warriors praying for your kids to investing into them, spending time with them because none of us can do this on our own. I mean, <laughs> just my own discipleship I've had, you know, I could literally name over a dozen people who have poured into me intentionally. And so that's a huge thing. I think to remember Dan, um, just about, uh, even how parents, you know, although they're the primary, um, disciple makers for their kids, they, we all need the church desperately in order to uh, raise our kids. So, yeah, Amen. I'll just add to that that you know it's a partnership that it's really both. You know, God calls us to be in community as individual Christians. God calls us to be in community as families. And you can tell from what Chad's saying and myself and if Bobby were on this call, we're all very passionate about the church. And so it's not um, that it's not important for families to be connected with church, or it's all on. The parents, again, we want to encourage parents. It's like, man, you're not alone in this. You mm-hmm. need other Christian parents. You need the church. It's all of us working together to disciple the next generation. And so we definitely um, need each other, and God calls us to be together. That's the, that's the heart of this thing. And yeah, that's, the relationships that's, that such, a, I, that's such a good and important message, you know, to, that we're a community, you know, of faith, of a community, mm-hmm. the body of Christ, to to kind of help each other as we raise our kids. You know, I think of, um, you know, just the many people in my life who, my, I had great Christian parents, but there's always other people who are influences as well that maybe have a voice that uh, is not my parents that I might listen to. But then you also think of, uh, 
So many kids, you know, I think of so many strong Christians or evangelical leaders who did not grow up in Christian homes, but maybe an aunt or a grandmother or a friend dragged them to Awana or dragged them to Sunday school, and uh, through that, God used them to to win them to the Lord. So it's good to hear hear you affirm that. And I think, don't you think too? There's a sense where if if family discipleship is not done well and done right, as you guys are are uh, encouraging it to happen, it can kind of turn in on itself, right, and lose kind of a sense of mission that God has called us into this culture, into this neighborhood to reach others who don't know the Lord. Right, and that and that happens as a family. You know, that's one of the... We kind of go through different things where the different phases of, of you know, family discipleship and what mm-hmm. that looks like. But part of it is, you know, we want to... It's not just to be insular either as a family, but you, right. you want to go out... We, we have a chapter which I could speak to, but um, it's called Dedicated to the Kingdom, but it's it's been attaching families. So we talk about, okay, discipleship happens in relationship, it happens mm-hmm. in your home, and then making spiritual parenting priority, being dedicated to Jesus, and then being in the Word and, and prayer. We go through this process, but then at the end, the big vision is we're dedicated to the Kingdom, and we're going to serve together. God has things for us to do and who He has for us to be as a family. So there's this bigger vision that, that we can plug into, and I mean, and that's part of that is to serve and to reach out in our community, in our neighborhoods, and and um, just to, to be a light in that way. I want to talk practically a bit about some discipleship at home for parents, parents who might be listening, uh, that might be helpful. If parents are thinking through, I want to do family worship at home, I want to disciple my kids. What are some practical ways that parents can do that? I'm thinking parents who are busy or working and they want to do this well, but they're also a little intimidated. You know, maybe they didn't go to seminary or maybe they, you know, are not in Christian ministry. And so they're not as wired, per se, to kind of do this intentionally, and yet they want to do it well. Right. I mean, I would say to that, Dan, you know, just as a starting point, and what I always encourage families um, with is like, how. Think about how you spend time with your kids. How are you guys spending time together as a family? You know, and families will say, and of course, a lot of families, you know, they watch TV together and do other things, and I always say, well, that's not bad um, in and of itself, but, it, but it's not the kind of time where you can sit and, and connect. And so I, I encourage families, you know, to turn off the devices typically and sit down, and but keep it very short, like five to ten minutes. Um, and we... we um, point to some resources, you know, in the book, but there's great, like, um, then with kids, you know, your age, you know, and elementary age kids, there's a great um, series, What's in the Bible? You know, Phil Bishop, who's mm-hmm. great tales, he goes yeah. through the whole Bible, and so there's 13 DVDs, they're 30 minutes apiece. Hey, every family knows how to press play on a DVD player, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you, maybe you'll start, you know, like that, turn off all the other electronics, and then just say a short prayer, Lord, teach us tonight, and maybe you watch this DVD together. And then just then turn it off again and connect relationships. Hey, what did we learn from that? It's just that simple, you know. Um, and again, that's an extended time, but a, a shorter time could be a, a simple, just um, sharing, you know, maybe sitting at once a week, I would tell families, and you could even say, here's what we learned. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sunday night, you say, what did we learn in church this morning? And you begin doing that, and each family member share. Um, and with younger kids, you know, really practically, we read... Just, you know, Bible stories from the Beginner's Bible, and then mm-hmm. there's the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is incredible. Yeah, um, great resource. And Chad, yeah, and Chad, you could probably speak 
I know some of the things that you guys did, Chad, when you guys were teens that I thought were really good that you shared in the book. Chad, I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, because growing up in a pastor's home and in a Christian home, and here you are, uh, you're serving Christ. So there were obviously things in your in your home growing up that really had an impact. I'm guessing that the the regular systematic sort of discipleship that your parents did was very important. But I'm also guessing were there other just moments and times that your parents seized on to teach you truths, you know, in the spontaneous kind of conflicts of life, right? Yeah, totally. And and that's what I wanted to speak into the conversation is just that the most important thing that you can offer your kids besides consistently talking about the Lord and praying together is uh, responding to where they're at in the moment. Mm-hmm. So um, just like Jesus in Mark uh, chapter 9, you know, they were walking along the road and he heard what they were talking about so that when they got where they were going, he could ask a timely question, you know, and he said, what are you talking about on the way? And they, they were ashamed because they'd been talking about who was the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then he taught where they were at. And so my parents did a great job of that. Um, one time in particular, I can uh, remember, I was struggling in high school just with honestly being feeling persecuted and struggling with loneliness. And my dad just asked me how I was doing, you know, developing that relationship. And I just, I felt uh, close enough to him relationally to open up and really share. And I just burst into tears, you know, on the way to football practice and just said, it's hard. Like I'm not doing well. And, you know, out of that, he was able to encourage and to pray for me. And as I uh, grew in my faith and, and, you know, asked a lot of tough questions, he was able to not just give me pat answers, but guide me so that I could develop the faith that God was cultivating. Um, and so, you know, as far as what my mom did as well, you know, I loved how uh, every night she would tuck me in and we'd talk about the pit and the peak of the day, you know, the best and the, the worst part, and then we would pray together. And so just had a great relationship with both of them. And that's what I would say to parents is get to know your kids. You know, I, I think that we can take that for granted, but where they feel safe talking to you and that they know deep in their heart that you love them above all. That's going to provide the context for, for meaningful discipleship. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm having that same opportunity with our kids, especially our, my older kids. Uh, so Grace is 10 and Daniel is 6, more so with, with Grace, but also starting with Daniel, even with Emma, who's 5. They just have a lot of questions about life, about scriptures, about Jesus, and uh, we do some regular times of devotion and, and worship and, and teaching. But man, I've had some great conversations just in the car, just off the cuff, or even, you know, with four kids, there's plenty of um, conflict, you know? And so <laughs> you're talking about forgiveness and repentance quite a bit. Yeah. I and mean, that's coming yeah. up a lot. <laughs> and so you're able to press the gospel into that area. So my, my guess would be, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but there'd be kind of two two possible mistakes that parents could make. One, I would think that, um, you know, this could be legalistic where a parent might feel, man, if I don't do it exactly like the other family does, where, you know, if I don't have, you know, this structured, rigid time that this other, that works for this other family, then I'm somehow failing, right? Or on the flip side, maybe to say, okay, we did our kind of, you know, we checked that off the list, we read this, we did this. And that's kind of the extent of our discipleship. It would seem like those two kind of approaches would be the wrong way to do it, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we talk about in the book is, is 
called Family Worship Fingerprint, you know, and we say every family's different. Every family has its unique, mm-hmm. like, challenges that they deal with. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you've got a child, we have uh, friends whose child has autism or, mm-hmm. you know, special needs, or maybe one of the parents has a, an illness, you know, so there's these challenges, or maybe it's financial, maybe it's a single-parent home. And then every family really has unique blessings that God has given mm-hmm. them, you know, and the way he's provided for them and the, and the good things that they have. And sometimes maybe a great church family that you can really, that you're really connected with and, you know, and so maybe those things are, can be taken for granted. But in the midst of both your challenges and your blessings, it's like how are you going to find that rhythm in your family to do family worship? And what, is it, what does that look like for you? It's not trying to copy what someone else does. And our family, we're, we're, more, we're less structured and we're more of a flow family. You know, so we try to sit down two or three times a week, and we typically do it at night. But it's not like, okay, we do it Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday. If we just do it as as the flow of our, because we have sports and all these other activities, we just make sure we get it done. Mm-hmm. And that works well for us. And so we don't look at them and go, oh, we're not, you know, they're doing better than us. Right. <laughs> we, and we, we just have a different rhythm and our whole family just kind of function differently. So it's your family, and then you also have blended families as well, yeah. you know, that have unique challenges. And so you say, okay, here's, here's the family that, that God's given us, and here's the things that we're dealing with. The, the big thing in the heart of Dedicated is, there's all these other things in our lives that are pulling for our attention. And we, uh, one of the reasons we thought this was dedicated because this is the most important thing for Christian parents to be committed to, to be dedicated mm-hmm. to spiritual parenting or, or training their children to trust and follow Jesus. It's more important than the future school, you know, the education, mm-hmm. more important than athletics. All these other things are good, but the most important thing is like, what are we doing spiritually to pass our faith down to our kids and, and can we put together a plan, this intentional plan, to make God the center of our home? It would it would seem to me too uh, that dads really need to step up to say, to take inventory periodically, right, of the family of their children. Okay, where are our kids spiritually? You know, what do we need to do now? What kind of resources can we press into them? What kinds of things can we do intentionally? That it seems to be that. The, the dad's willing to step up from time to time and kind of take that inventory, right? Yeah, and, and I think that it's difficult sometimes, especially if a father has not been discipled himself to take the leadership role. Um, my dad tells the story of kind of learning that on his own. Mm-hmm. When he was a, a young kid, his father, uh, my grandfather, uh, tried to pray uh, before dinner one night. And it wasn't just the typical, you know, like, thank you for the food and uh, amen. It was, he was really trying to pray about real things. And it was awkward because he had never done it. And so my dad and, and his mom laughed. And my grandfather got so embarrassed that he never tried again, mm. you know, while they were still at home. And uh, although there's redemption and, and now, you know, he prays, uh, my grandfather prays for the family and all that. My dad had to kind of learn that on his own, and so I think that it does kind of take someone to someone to push the ball forward, and uh, the spouse needs to really support and not chastise or even make light of any progress moving forward. Because it's it's especially for families who are are starting this out, you know, it's there's a learning curve, and so there's a lot of grace in that too. But it it takes someone to figure out where the family's at, where they're going, and then start today. You know, maybe it's just doing a family devotion 
we're praying together for the first time this week and then figure out for next week. One of the things I really like about the the tone and the posture of of the resource that you're providing with dedicated with really two things. First, as I like that you don't give this kind of if you do this, this will happen sort of guaranteeing. Uh, and I think that's been one of the mistake of of some of the Christian parenting resources is kind of taking out the role of the Holy Spirit in regenerating the hearts of our kids and sort of that miraculous experience of of um, of rebirth, of being born again, to where, you know, now we're measured, if you do this, this will happen, which the Bible really doesn't promise. And I, and I love that you emphasize faithfulness as opposed to just, you know, sort of formulas that, that, that are, you know, foolproof or something. The second thing I really like is that you don't offer sort of a legalistic grid. So if you are not doing this specific thing in this way, then you're you're doing it wrong or vice versa. And so maybe speak to those two dynamics and when you were creating this book and this kind of uh, curriculum. Jason, did you want to take that one? <laughs> I'm to, sorry, I love it going. Which, which one of the, the approaches? I kind of want those two things. What, what should I address first, you think, Dan? I was trying to kind of go I'm on two different... Yeah, maybe talk about the role of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in, in shaping the hearts of kids because I think parents sometimes really feel like if I do this, this will happen, or if I don't do this, this will happen. And obviously, parents do have a tremendous influence on their kids and have a responsibility before the Lord to be faithful. But, you know, obviously, we've misapplied Proverbs 22.6, I think, right? That's definitely a place, and we do um, make that distinction, is, you know, trying to child when, when the way they should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it, you know, is a principle in the book of Proverbs, not a promise. And, and with parenting, we want to think, okay, they're are guarantees, but there aren't guarantees. You know, we did everything, quote unquote, right. <laughs> let's let's say we made the discipleship of our kids our top priority. You know, and then they they still have that choice to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Holy Spirit is drawing them. You know, and and the Holy Spirit works in their lives, and and we pray for that. And Jesus said, "I will be with you." You know, He sent His Helper to be with us, and He's with Christian parents, and we encourage them in that. You know. But we do pray. I pray for, um, specifically with my kids, you know, for the Lord's work in their lives, for the Holy Spirit to work in them, for the Holy Spirit to let us know things we need to know that we wouldn't know otherwise, you know, that we're praying. Um, but ultimately, it, it's God that does the work. It, it's God that's doing this work um, in our kids, and He gives us the strength, again, to make this a priority and making discipleship a priority. But it rests in the Lord. You know, that's, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I think as parents, we have to know, it's like we, we are dependent on God and we want to teach our kids. We don't want to move them. I think the world says we want to move our kids into being independent, but we want to move our kids from being dependent on us to being dependent on the Lord. Mm, that's a good word, yeah. He's the place that we can go. He's who we depend on. Your parents have depended on Him and we want to teach you to depend on Him because everything comes from Him, you know. Mm. So... Definitely. I, I, I think that's um, the place that we depend on God to work through His Spirit. Well, that's such a good word. I really appreciate both of you for joining me on the Way Home podcast. This is a really terrific book, dedicated. Encourage everyone to go out and get this book, endorsed by Bob Lapine of Family Life Today and several others. And I just really love the approach you guys take, encouraging parents toward intentional discipleship. Thank you for this resource, guys, and thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.
Well, I want to thank my guests, Jason Hauser and Chad Harrington, for a great conversation on parenting and passing on the faith of the next generation. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you let us know by sending us an email, wayhome at erlc.com, or better yet, could you write a review for us on iTunes? That's a great way to spread the word about the podcast and let others know so they can listen. If you're interested in other conversations we've had with people like Oz Guinness, J.D. Greer, David Platt, Karen Swallow Pryor, Jim Daly, many others, some great fun conversations. Go to my podcast page on danieldarling.com. We have them all listed there. Or you can subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or tune in. We'd love to have you listen. Also, don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter, The Weekly, which sends you kind of a brief digest of that week's news and helps you think through it with a Christian worldview. Go to danieldarling.com. Click on the podcast page and we'll have a way for you to sign up there. But for now, thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast.